Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You are tuned in to Never Out of Bounds. You know who I am. I am your host, L. Jamal. Uh, and this is going to be a very interesting episode today. We're going to get into some current events. We're going to educate some people today and let people know what's going on in the world with a segment I like to call World on the Street. And then also, we're going to, I promised that I was originally going to do a Bay Area sports report as well as get into some college football. But I decided since this is my first season and my first maiden voyage into podcast, and things like that i'm gonna you know reveal a bit a little bit more of myself and get into some of my uh favorite things in the next few episodes and just to give you a little heads up on me and who i am so uh i did mention i was going to do a o2 kings review and so we are going to talk about them and we're also going to talk about a couple of my favorite sports teams and uh, sports moments in general and also we're going to get into another uh segment that I want to start today. It's going to be featured more so on my blog, but it's going to be called on further review. And this is going to be a new perspective or a new uh, future review about old uh, records, old albums, uh, certain artists perspectives, even old sports events or historical events. We're just going to look back on some of the backstory of it, look at some of the historical implications of it, or how great the album was, was, or the TV show, and just kind of basically sum it all up in, in future retrospect, what it all was about. So I hope you guys like the show today. I'm excited. I'm ready to get it. Let's do it. Hey, hey, y'all. Let's get right into it. Well, war on the street is Israel and Iran are fighting. According to the Prime Minister of Israel, Iran has crossed a red line with their attacks Wednesday night when they sent 20 rockets to Israel uh, from within the borders of Syria with a special military uh, force. Not only were three people killed, the Syrian army was involved as well. And a lot of this is uh, being blamed on the recent decision by Trump to pull out of the nuclear arms deal, which is pretty much unfortunate because the economy there in that country still hasn't been stabilized yet and there's still that radical muslim terrorist threat that is there however in that history you do realize there's been a lot of manipulation by all uh political and other outside international interests and that leads into that as well and we're seeing more of that here um again it's unfortunate because it seems it just seems to be more violence and no real solutions for that at the moment well in u.s news let's take let's check out the job report uh the brew of uh labor stats has reported that 168 jobs were added uh in april well short of expectations however unemployment has dropped to basically four percent which i will say is pretty damn good and it's also some of the lowest that it has been since bush and cheney uh before then actually and overall, though, seven uh, over a little under a little under eight hundred thousand jobs in total have been added this year, which is is a uh, great uh, over the past couple of years. It's been an improvement. But in subsequent years beforehand, 2014 and 2015, it is it is significantly less. Well, let's move on to sports here. A little bit more LeBron uh, James news here. Only for the simple fact that there's not a whole lot news going on of news going on in the NBA here because we got the playoffs 
and just uh, trade rumors right now because it's not the offseason yet. So we're going to get into a couple of those. So anyways, another team has expressed interest in the LeBron James sweepstakes, which I think is BS because he ain't really going nowhere. He's staying in Cleveland. Well, the 76ers have expressed interest. Meek Mill was on uh, first take earlier today expressing his opinions about it and really hoping that he comes and, and plays with the Sixers. This is also coming uh, a little bit after Ennis Cancer of the New York Knicks has also expressed interest in LeBron's services. So this just keeps getting more interesting. Also, another trade rumor here. We got uh, Kawhi. Uh, we all know him. And there's a package going on. It's you know it's nothing official yet, and no, I don't I don't think this one is really possible either. But we got Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown going for a first round pick. I I don't I don't buy it. Again, I think Kawhi stays, but at some point in time, things do change in San Antonio, which in, in how they operate and run things and eventually pop is going to retire so that's that team is going to change and i think it's going to fit perfectly for Kawhi at some point i think a lot of it now is Kawhi doesn't want to you know he doesn't want to be bothered right now he's not 100 percent healthy in his opinion and he's and he, in his opinion is the one that matters because he's going out there to you know to sacrifice his body in the first place so if he says he's not ready he ain't ready so i think he stays and eventually over time things loosen up in san antonio he becomes a happier player and eventually they'll probably start winning again well nfl news uh the giants titans cardinals bills falcons and panthers all signed draft picks today that's pretty much all the important news there also an ex-linebacker from new jersey by the name of uh kashim green he also is suing the uh new jersey i'm sorry the elizabeth city uh the police department in new jersey for basically lying on him uh for basically a crime he didn't commit a couple years back and it's pretty much blackballed him he's still a free agent although he's been deemed innocent and deemed that whatever testimony was said against him was in fact untrue so that's unfortunate hopefully he gets back into the league and i i i I don't see why this this stuff even goes on but this is what we deal with so kanye hello anyways entertainment news and we're gonna wrap the new oh no no not just yet not just yet we got some MLB news here. Matt Harvey, who was recently traded from the Mets to Cincinnati, to the Reds, he's going to be making his first start tomorrow, Friday. He was traded Tuesday for catcher Devin uh, Mesokura. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, Mesokura, hopefully. Uh, at this point, Matt Harvey has fallen off tremendously over the past couple of years. At at the at the moment, he's at a seven, yeah, a seven ERA in just 27 innings, and his winning, uh, well, his record as of now is nine and 19 since about 2015 with a five nine three ERA. The Met, uh, sorry, the Reds are hoping they can get something out of him, something something different. Uh, like I said, in that 2015 year, he had a 2.53 uh, ERA, 25 and 18. Uh, of course, that was the year he went to the World Series and also was an All Star. Oh, actually, that was in 2013. In 2015, he was the Comeback Player of the Year, so that's pretty pretty decent. That, that's what 
the uh, the, the Reds are hoping they're getting. He's had some injuries with his shoulder. Uh, I, I, I don't want to say the wrong words here. I believe it was a thoracic injury at one point in time that kept him out for a long time. And it, it, I would believe it's hampering his performance. But he's going to be making his first start on Friday. Good luck to him. And hopefully the Reds can do something. In entertainment news, we're going to uh, round this up. Georgina Chapman, yeah, uh, the ex-wife of the embattled Harvey Weinstein, <clears throat> has finally spoken up. <laughs> that guy is crazy. Anyway, she was uh, in Vogue magazine recently. And she basically uh, was describing her relationship with the guy and how for 10 years she just didn't really see the signs of him being, you know, the rapist that he, he is or you know turned out to be she was very she, she claimed to be very what's the word naive um you know just she was left astray according to her but they were married for 10 years my thing about that is that's that's a that's a problem that will will manifest itself in my opinion in just ways you wouldn't i i, I just don't see that going unchecked or unseen i'm sorry unseen for 10 years in a relationship but they did have two two kids together, and you gotta understand that he's a successful movie, you know, actor. So I mean, it's not like she's looking for something to probably leave him for. So maybe she just didn't really see it. But she's getting the fifteen uh, to twenty million dollars in the divorce. So there's her silver lining. And to round that, to round entertainment up, we got your boy Will Santana. You all know about his uh, running with the police in uh, March earlier this year uh, for gun possession uh, apparently he was stopped and his bag was uh, at TSA and they uh, put it through the x-ray and apparently they saw something that looked like a gun upon further investigation it was a gun by that time Joel sat left he was charged with possession and also he's a felon so there's also uh, enhancements that probably go with that uh, he was on house of, uh, sorry, it, he was actually sent to jail for about a month. He's, uh, currently on house arrest. Uh, he's not, a, he's trying to petition to, you know, the prosecutors and all that, or whoever would be responsible for that, uh, to be released so he can earn some income in the meantime. But he says he, he well, he's pleading non-guilty. So... It's another unfortunate uh, situation for a brother. Hopefully, it works out for him. Well, we got through the news. We're going to get through next. We're going to get through some of my favorite things. We're going to talk some of those old two kings. We're going to talk some Raiders. We're going to talk about why I like them. We're going to talk about that old two season. Why Kobe's tainted to me. And we're just going to keep it pushing. Enjoy. Well, as you do know, I'm a Portland Trailblazers fan. I lived in Oregon as a kid for a little while, and they just stuck with me. I was a huge fan of specific, specifically Rasheed Wallace. He was my favorite player. I liked to play like him. I liked how he was aggressive, and he had that attitude. He wasn't backing down. He was intimidating to some people, and and I'd like to play like that. And I like to, you know, I used to act out like that as a kid. And that would get me in trouble. But he was entertaining, you know. 
you know, I, I, I grew up with that. But eventually, I moved to California. And, you know, with that means I'm not going to be watching them as much as I want to. Now, unless they, you know, was on the playoffs, in the playoffs, which they, they were for a little bit. You can catch them on there. Or when they was really solid, you'll catch them on that, that primetime uh, weeknight game on TNT or whatever. So it wasn't like I was never seeing them, but not as much as I used to. So uh, over time, I would just come home from school and I would find something else to watch. Eventually, I would stumble across, uh, you know, because this is back when you had multiple cable channels. That's when they introduced all the multiple cable channels. So you had all the sports channels. So I would cycle through those and I would always run into the Kings or the Warriors game. So I would watch them and every now and again. And eventually, Sacramento still that was eventually the team that stood out to me. Um, they had a, they got Chris Webber, they had Jason Williams at one time. Eventually, he uh, they switched him out with uh, Mike Bibby and then got Doug Christie, and they were becoming a a, a strong powerhouse in the conference. Uh, and when I truly got into him was. The very the year, pretty much the year before the big old two runs with one, whatever, whatever. Um, so, and they were they were on top of the league at that point in oh, uh, two, at two thousand one. Weber was averaging twenty seven point seven uh points a game, eleven rebounds, and was an MVP an MVP candidate, and then they win fifty five. 55 wins when they get 55 wins so they're balling you know and they end up getting swept though by the lakers and that was a little that was a little bit humiliating you know even as a new fan i was like oh man the hell but so the next year actually i didn't necessarily say oh well we're just gonna be outright that great um I was still kind of holding the the beatings from last year in my head, so I didn't I didn't necessarily think they'd be that awesome. But over the course of the year, they blew my mind. Chris Webber had another solid season, twenty four and a half points. You had Doug Christie averaging about twelve, but two steals a game. He was on the All NBA Defensive Second Team. You had Mike Bibby. Who had a pretty decent uh, three-point percentage, thirty about thirty-two percent, something like that, or about thirty-six, something like that. And then you had uh, Bobby Jackson, who would eventually become a, a six-man of the year, who basically had a pretty decent three-point percentage, thirty-six percent. And then you all, he also was averaging two points again, so he could also defend. And he was also one of my favorite six-mans ever. You know, to see Kim come off the bench and the, and the crowd, oh, the crowd was juiced to see him. They get all juiced. You hear, you you would hear cowbells, oh, going off. As soon as you hear Bobby Jackson, oh, cowbells going off. And so they also had a couple of other solid players, like Scott Pollard, who uh, they got in 98 back with Vlade. Oh, speaking of which, they also had Vlade Divac. And oh, not to not to forget that boy Page. Uh huh. Twenty four points a game, two steals, forty one percent from three, an all star. Mm. That team, man. 
that team had my friends excited. That team had my friends steadily picking pick up pick up games every day. That team had me begging my grandparents to give me a basketball hoop, which I eventually got. The Kings were a great fucking team to watch. Amazing. Which is why watching that playoff series was so trash. And mind you, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame Kobe per se for this because you had Donna Hay come out and state that yeah, that series was rigged. So you obviously know there was some foul play. So I'm not gonna jump on Kobe per se and beat him with a dead horse for this, but I will call him out for something else. I didn't like how he did something else, but when you hear the Donahue testimony and hear, oh, yeah, well, I said this, and, well, I'm sorry, this series was rigged, and it hurts because you watching it myself, and mind you, I'm young, like 11, something like that, maybe about 11. It just felt like it was, we, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like that's, it, it didn't feel like that's the, should be the normal flow of the game for for one. And it just, it didn't seem like those, those fouls were, were correct in any way. And you just kind of had that feeling like things weren't being called fairly. And it was so frustrating because you see the team trying to play. You see Sack trying to play defense, and you see foul. You know, and you know it's not like they were playing the most. Probably weren't they? They weren't playing the most perfect games. You know, themselves, but to control it that way and have so much control of the deciding factors of the game, it was it was crazy. You you saw them. You saw the NBA basically give them that title. And it sucks because I felt like that team had been improving. That team was coming of age. That team, yes, they were getting stopped by the by the Lakers, but they were getting better every year. They were getting better to, to beat that team every year. And to be in a position in which you could have done that, we could have they could have beaten them at the house in sack. And when I saw that game, when I saw them lose that game, I said, oh, NBA's up to no good. I knew it. I knew it. Donahue didn't need to say nothing. When I when I was older, I think a couple of years ago, I was watching a YouTube video. I don't want to say it was, I don't, I don't remember if it was Don 2K or even Corzimba. My Corzimba, shout out to those guys. Those guys are pretty dope pretty much inspiration for me but anyways one of those two guys uh had had had, po- had uh was doing a similar type of thing here about the old two kings and apparently that's when i found out about david stern's quote in which he was asked about his favorite or his you know ideal playoff matchup and what he would like it like for it to be and he says, the Lakers versus the Lakers. 
And that makes sense with how that ended that finals, those Western Conference finals, you know, transpired. You can tell that that's pretty much what the commissioner wanted was to see the Lakers. And it sucks because, yeah, Sacramento is a small market. Yeah, it's not, you know, blowing nobody away in terms of the city and all that. It's not a big, huge city, but the fans love that team. And if we're going to, if it's about putting the best basketball teams out there in a championship, then the NBA didn't do its job that year. Lakers would be. And the thing that I do have against Kobe, though, is the elbow on Bibby. I mean, that was just egregious. They're already going to win the game. They're pretty much going to win the series. They got it in the bag. The owners, you know, their hands are clean now. You know, the transactions have been made. Somebody was paid off. I'm pretty sure the Moog brothers got paid. They have an 18 get get duped like that in Sacramento. Somebody got paid. Vegas paid somebody. But it was unfortunate because outside of the Stephen Clark thing, Sacramento has you know, it's a pretty decent city. It's a nice looking city. It was a pretty nice looking city back then. It was it was starting to come alive a little bit. And ain't no telling what a NBA championship could have done. Or just the fact of just or just being there could have done, because I mean, there's no guarantee that they beat the Nets because they're not the Lakers, but they probably could have beaten the Nets. The seven game series, who knows? But you don't see that, and I thought that would have been more interesting to see the Nets versus the Kings would have been more interesting because those are more first of all, those are more probably more compare more comparable teams, more better matchups. But then again. If the Kings were able to get past the Lakers, shit. Do you really think the Nets could stand, could stand up to them? I don't think so. I think they sweep the Nets, but that's something we don't see. Thanks to David Stern. And it sucks. And it sucks so much that I had to get into the Oakland Raiders. Well, I was already into them. But I got to them even more. Like, I, t- I had to take a hiatus from basketball. Which is cold because I took a hiatus from football because of Tom Brady and what he did to the Raiders. I was like, oh, no. It wasn't even Tom Brady. It was the NFL. I just, ugh. Ugh. But watching the Kings in 2 marvelous. I... I I've never I never saw a team operate with so much offensive and so much love for each other until until the delay until uh, the Warriors, but that team loved each other. That team enjoyed playing with each other. You won't see that too often, and that was going to be something that could take over the league. It was infectious, and I think if they win a title, even a, even a conference title. You you bring so much. You there's so many possibilities. There's so many possibilities in terms of free agency, and it wasn't like that they were garbage immediately after losing that series. They were going to the playoff until at least oh five oh six. NBA is crooked sometimes, man. But 
it was fun while I lasted. Like I said, I enjoyed, I enjoyed every bit of it. It, it inspired me so much that I, I had, I had, I had an idea in my head for a damn documentary for it. I had the title in my head and everything. Arco and April, and just, just chronicle, you know, what it's like in the environment at Arco Arena when it's smacking there and the Kings are doing that thing. It was a beautiful sight to see. And unfortunately, you know, they didn't come through, but it was it was good basketball. And it was good that people got a chance to see that. Now, getting to another favorite team. Speaking of favorite teams, the Raiders. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I was, I was bitter about that tug game, by the way. That damn time. But you live and you learn. The Raiders, the Raiders went to the Super Bowl after that. Yeah, we lost, but you can't tell me that that run there wasn't good though. Rich Gannon balled his ass off. That was exciting. It's good to see it's, I like it when my team is winning. Oh man, a couple years ago when the Raiders had that run to the playoff, you could see the city start to change. Oh, who's getting happy? Be like, oh man, bro. You could you could feel it. It's gonna suck when they leave. Speaking of the rate, oh, that's gonna suck when they leave. Unfortunately, but um, watching that Super Bowl run in O two, another beautiful sight. Oh, O three, beating up on 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 division rivals. Come on. And you know you was excited, especially in twenty. Ah, now that's gonna be a, a a question I'm gonna have to pose. What was as a Raider fan? Any Raider fans out there? What was more exciting? The playoff run in twenty thirteen when we finally got well, we're close to getting things together. You know, and things were for the first time looking good, or or just oh two. Just to see us improve was was enough for me. You know, now, just another run through. We're going to run through some more of my favorite teams. Let's talk about some baseball. I do love the A's. Always have love the A's. Moneyball. I almost cried when I watched Moneyball. Can I level with you? And I'll tell you why. Because I was at the games. I remember Jason Giambi. Mm. Yeah. Those were those were good times. The early two thousands was a good time for Bay Area sports. I'm thinking about it now. The A's was hot. I'm not a Giants fan, but they went to the World Series. Well, the A's weren't you know like going to the playoff, being hella raw, going to the World Series. But they, they had the playoff runs. They had that twenty win game, uh, twenty win, uh, twenty win streak. Beautiful baseball. And those are some of my favorite sports. <laughs> and it's funny because I've I've ended up playing playing all three of them with relative relative, you know, success. You know, I'm not gonna say I was raw, but sports were fun, man. I had so much excitement. They give me so much excitement. I could just go on and on. But Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to move on to the final part of today's show. We're going to be introducing uh, my new uh, segment. Like I said, it's going to be more so on my blog, though. 
but it's going to be called upon further review. Like I said, it's just going to be a retrospect about historical events, albums, artists, etc. But tonight, we're going to talk about something more along the lines of something that I was really into, or I'm still really into. It's a, it's a guilty pleasure, but rapper beeps. So we'll get back to it soon. I hope you enjoy it. Now, one thing that's always fascinated me has always been rapper beeps. I mean, Jay-Z, Nas, you know, Ice Cube, N.W.A. Some of the greatest songs in hip-hop have been diss tracks. And I've always been into it. Not so much, unfortunately, that's a Tupac and Biggie. I didn't necessarily, you know, of course, nobody's, nobody's a fan of that. But, you know, the, the amount of lyricism on display, you know, you hear Ether, uh, songs like Ether and Takeover. You know, no Vaseline. You know. So tonight, with this segment upon for the review, we're gonna talk about one of those beefs. Speaking of which, I'm probably gonna watch that movie tonight, Beef. Anyway, uh, the beef tonight we're gonna talk about is uh, the cannabis and LL beef. Now this beef goes back to about 1997. Cannabis and LL uh, were collaborating on a track together on LL's Phenomenon album. Uh, Method Man, Red Man, and DMX also have guest spots on this song too. Now the controversy comes here. Cannabis, there's a line. Uh, well, there was a there was an issue with one of Cannabis's lines here, and the original line here is. Yo, LL, is that a mic on your arm? Let me bar that. Pretty much. This is how the bar started. And apparently, LL took this as a sign of disrespect. This The bar itself didn't sound disrespectful to me, per se. But I guess everybody's different. Now, there is this, this narrative floating out there that LL was like, you know having a downturn on his career and he needed something to motivate him to kind of get him going which I could see that um you even got people guys like Shaq you know saying that a lot of the beefs he had with, with David Robinson were made up because he needed some outside motivation to motivate him too so I it could be Perf- perfectly reasonable that LL would want to do that because his response to what he perceived to be disrespect was this blow you up to pieces leave you in feces with one thesis and then he hit you with that LL Cool J is hard as hell sample so he trying he's solid he's trying to you know get some clap back and he's like to play yourself out of position and to mention my name, I'll make a rhyme for every syllable in your name, pretty much. So he's he she, you know, so he's taking these shots here, these underhanded shots. And the cold part about it is, instead of having it like Young Buck on that Young Buck song Stomp, like with T.I. and, and Ludacris kind of go at it on the same song. 
LL kind of do some old kind of shady stuff where he takes off cannabis's little verse or a little yeah the little his verse makes cannabis change it and he keeps his verse where he's he's basically talking about he's gonna turn cannabis put feces all over cannabis shit on him and he got bars for his ass pretty much of course cannabis was not feeling this and he went to go as the story goes he goes to speak with LL on the phone and you know he's letting him know that he has a grievance with this and everything like that <clears throat> and he doesn't really know how to approach it and LL is like you know from from the perspective of somebody who's an elder you know whatever he's trying to tell him the right way hey man you know you wait a little bit wait down the line we'll let it all blow over you'll do a song with me and I'll put you on, so on and so forth. Don't worry about it, you know. You don't want to, you know, basically, you don't want to test. You don't want to really test this, man. You got to be, you got to be cool. Cannabis decides he ain't have, he still ain't having it. He puts out the second round knockout. Now, this song right here was pretty damn dope. And if you haven't heard it, I suggest you go, you go do so. He comes out with uh with you know bars basically pointing at you know LL's hypocrisy, uh, basically saying you know he claimed at the at the time he was claiming to be you know drug free and you know role model you know it's gonna be in the song drug free role model you disgust me and he said he goes on to say I heard about you smoking weed recently basically and he goes on to talk about how LL you know basically used beef. To cat, you know, to catapult his career, but then at the same time highlighting that he's soft because, and at the same time, you know, after he get, you know, LL got his mainstream success, he went in and you know did the the Hey Love, Hey Love for songs with you know Boys to Men, and then you know he had those I, I love you know I need love type songs you know that catered to females so. You know, he took some jabs at, at LL, some serious, some serious jabs, enough for a lot of people to consider it to be one of the, the greatest diss songs of all time. I, I'll give it to you. Uh, the second verse, in the middle of that verse, when he breaks it down, you know, I'll give you that. That's probably one of the greatest breakdowns I've heard over time. You know, it's still solid for what it is, and just the, the, the for the basic fact that he went at LL, the bars were solid. Um, I do believe that is one of the greatest hip hop disses of all time. You know, ninety nine percent of your fans were high heels. Mm, this is, I mean, hey, mm, that's that's a that's a real indictment but i mean it's not to say that it was bad i mean his music was bad but yeah it's indicated to females and that is true however we got to talk about ll's response ll comes out with ripper strikes back now if you know anything about that anything about LL you know that's part of his gimmick that's who he is you know and he's a battle rapper and but you gotta remember he's from a different era 
and you know by his delivery, you can even tell by his beat selection. If you when you listen to if you you know listen to the song, give it you know give it a chance. Listen to both guys, but you you can tell you know it's it's a different era. But he's a, you can tell it's battle rap, and you can see where at this point we're going into the new millennium. You can see where his style is. You can see where his style was starting to fade. Even on that song, 4321, that even started everything. And just the subsequent years after that, you know, things, you know, flows, cha- flows changed, concepts changed. And you could tell LL was becoming somewhat of a relic. That's, what, relic. That's why, you know, after, after 98, 99, you, you saw a drastic fall off. You didn't really see, you know, he had that head sprung song, but he, he had that same 88 flow, 92, 6 flow, and it was a solid hit, but come on. And then he had a couple little, he had a couple little club hits. He had that, some R&B collabos, which were kind of solid, but it wasn't the same. And, and you could, you could tell that it was just because he was from a different era. He was still solid, but back to the beef. I will tell you one thing though. He, you know, you could tell he was, you know, he was just a product of his generation. You could tell within, you know, how he, you know, just hip hop around you that things were changing. But he had one battle left in him. And for what it's worth or how technical cannabis could be, and we'll always have these arguments about rappers and you know about styles and how they and it's just like boxing you know styles make fights styles make rap battles cannabis was technical he got he got to the point he had a, a solid mike tyson cameo which gave him gave him a little bit extra oomph and a little bit extra street cred that's what he was going for and that's solid but sometimes, outside of the technical stuff, outside of you know, like I said, that th- that second breakdown, and that that's I'm sorry, that that breakdown in the second verse was amazing. But sometimes you gotta get straight to the point and and just call it out out as it is. And that's what LL, in my opinion, does with this response. Now, mind you, the guy, he's so amazing. He 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 got the balls to not even go after cannabis, but both the cats in the video, Wycliffe and Mike Tyson. 45 pounds and trying to be a mobster, running around town with the Bob Molly imposters. Ask cannabis, he ain't understanding this because 99% of his pants don't exist. Sorry, as raw as 99% of your fans wear high heels is, 99% of cannabis fans did not exist at that time. That bar eliminates, kind of eliminates him. And the man had the nerve to go in on Mike. Did you hear what he said about Mike? 
Heard that convicted rep heard that convicted rapist on your record too. Tell me all that things that your air buyer taught you. How to bust another two? Come on. Now I know I kind of butchered that. Mm. Come on now. Oh wait, hold on. This is how I go. Hold on. Bear with me. Heard that convicted rapist on your re- on your record too. Fresh about the t- fresh about the pen. Ass cheeks still black and blue. Come on. He got on yo. She got on Mike Tyson shit. And Mike Tyson, hardest man out. Fuck that. LL bars. Come on. He even responded directly to all cannabis's claims. Don't ever open your mouth to mention my seed. Talk about my book you bought to read. As simple as that cell, AB. Cannabis sign cannabis got him to sign a book, though. This is true. I'm just hey. I, you read and shook. You read and shook, nigga. I wrote the book, nigga. Come on. This is true. Is it not? Now, of course, rap would evolve and rap would get way more technical and way more advanced than even cannabis could comprehend or, you know, gather because we saw what happened to him in the future. That's why, hey, for what it's worth, LL got him from an old school, an old head, like an old head would, checking you. Yo, like your pops in the street or your, your uncle or the OG. Hey, young man. Uh-uh. <laughs> and, and in my opinion, it was solid. Because, yeah, he talking shit. Yeah, I read your book. You claim to be this, but you, you bought the book. Did you not? Did you not buy the book, Mr. Cannabis? Mm. And the directly response to them claims. Oh, and then he. Now I know I probably butchered that Mike Tyson verse. You'll hear it. I, 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 I That's a highly recommended song to me. That's an underrated diss track. Ripper strikes back. Listen, oh, the man goes in on Mike Tyson. You need to hear that shit. I, like I said, I'm pretty sure I butchered the verse here tonight but you pretty much get what I'm saying you gotta be a real motherfucker to to have the nerve of this Mike Tyson in the 90's though real man and then he this Wyclef and he did it simply how he would normally do it you know A B C and there's rappers that do that that's just how it go A B C it sounds simple as hell, but 
in application applied to a beat giving the right energy which he had mm. Upon further review, LL Gas Cannabis. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all have a good night. I will be back tomorrow night. Uh, We will be having some college football talk. I'm going to bring that back and we're going to go more in depth. We're going to get on that Bay Area Sports Report. I promised that a while back. Keep the eye out for the blog. I'm going to keep you guys posted about that. I just need time to work on it. I work as well. So, it's just how life is. But, uh, like I said, keep me. Uh, I will keep you posted. Please keep in touch if you'd like. El Jamal Facebook. Look it up. E-L-J-A-M-A-H. Also, you can uh, hit me up on my uh, Gmail ljbutler75 at gmail you know so on and so forth also you uh yahoo uh, as well my other email uh that's butler.j91 at yahoo of course and much love peace and blessings